Welcome to Love Letters from God. I'm your host, Jennifer Mitchell. If you are new here, welcome. I am so glad you're here. I want to explore with you the love letters from God. They are the verses in the Bible that allow us to see God's will for our life. Each month, I will choose a series and find Bible verses that will help explain the message for the week. God showed me a simple way to explore each verse, allowing us to dive deeper into the message. It is the B-I-B-L-E method. It will help you understand His Word, His will, and your purpose for this life. So, let's grab our Bibles and dive in. I want you to think back to your favorite family vacation. What made this vacation so memorable? Was it because of your family or friends? Or maybe you had a trip with your spouse. What made this trip so memorable? And would you go back to that special place? For us, I would have to say that the Christmas of 2008 made our all-time favorite Christmas. That is the Christmas my parents gifted all four of their adult children and their families with a big family vacation to SeaWorld. My kids were ecstatic. Not only were they going to SeaWorld, but all their Cousins will be there too. The only struggle was explaining that it won't happen right away and that they would have to wait till the following summer to do it. They were little, so to make things easier, we had a countdown to our family vacation. The trip was amazing. All of the families were able to enjoy it together. The cousins were of different ages, so we would sometimes have to um, do our own thing and then later meet up for dinner and we would share our favorite moments for the day. I'll never forget, our daughter was invited to meet Shamu during one of the shows. This was before the attack on the trainer. Cheyenne was able to be face-to-face with Shamu. See, we were walking up to the show, and one of the employees asked if she would like to be in the show, and that she would have an opportunity to be face-to-face with Shamu. Cheyenne hesitated, because Shamu was this huge animal and she would have to do this all by herself. She was only eight years old, but she wanted to do it. So she went with that person. I was very excited for her. I was like, this is a chance of a lifetime. This would be a moment she'll never forget. It was also challenging for this mama bear. I had to put my complete trust in this stranger. 
and trust that they would keep my baby girl safe. Everyone in the family still talks about it. It's the trip that Cheyenne got to meet Shamu, and she still has that tail necklace that they gave her to remind her of that special day. Today, we will wrap up the Christmas story, sharing the good news that Christ came to be our Savior. In week one, we saw that the prophets Micah and Isaiah shared the hope of the Christ child. Last week, we saw the obedience and faithfulness of Mary and Joseph in the humble beginning of Jesus' birth. Today, we will discuss the meaning behind it all. God promised his people a Savior. We weren't told when this would happen, but we're told to be ready. God entered this world as an infant. He became flesh. As our Savior, Jesus was our example. He showed us how to live, love, and trust in His ways. Some were expecting a king who would conquer their enemy, but God's plan was greater than man's, for He wanted to save all His people back then and in the future. It says in John 3.16, reading from the NIV, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's purpose wasn't just for one group of people or for one time period. No, God's purpose was to change history. God's original plan was to be in unity with his people, but Satan messed that up. And through Jesus, we are given the chance to live with him once again through unity. In Romans 15, 13, it reminds us, may the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wanted an everlasting relationship with us. God knew we couldn't inherit heaven on our own, so He made a way. He sent down Jesus. He started his life on earth just like we did. God walked life on earth to be able to relate with his people. His purpose wasn't to start a war with man. How could he? How could he choose one of his children over the other? No, in order to make things right again, he had to defeat sin, bringing peace back in to this world. 
Jesus had four purposes for being here on earth. The first is to live the life that we live. He needed to be able to relate to his people so he could help us through our struggles. The second thing is he had to live life on earth perfectly. Sin controlled us. Satan finds ways to tempt us. And Jesus had to live the life without falling into Satan's trap. He had to beat Satan at his game. The third thing, he died for us. Jesus was our representative. He lived the perfect life for us and died for our sins. He defeated sin that day. The fourth thing, he rose from the dead. He came back, guys, to show us that victory has been won. Jesus promised his true believers they too will rise on the last day. He will bless us all with a new life where there will be no sin and where we will live with him forever. In Isaiah, we see the prophecy of Jesus' death. Let's read Isaiah 53, reading out of the NIV. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain. He bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are like sheep gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shear in silence. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich of his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth, yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and through the Lord make his life an offering for sin. He will see his offspring 
and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. My righteous servant will justify many and will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoil from the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. I don't want to go into this too in depth. I will save this for an Easter message, but I do want to point out a few things. The first thing is Isaiah was given the message of Jesus's life here and that his purpose was the cross. In verse three, we see that he is despised and rejected by man. Verse 4 shows his healing ministry, the miracles that he did. Verse 5, it shows his punishment on the cross. He brought us the peace. And with his death, his burial and resurrection, we know 100% with confidence he is our Savior. See, Isaiah 53 is a synopsis of Jesus' life. What was told to Isaiah 400-ish years before Jesus' birth was revealed by the gospel writers. Let's now read our hope for the second coming of Christ, found in Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. See, I will create the new heavens in the new earth, the former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create. For I will create Jerusalem to be a delight and its people a joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sound of weeping and of crying will be heard in it no more. Never again will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his years. The one who dies at a hundred will be thought to be a mere child. The one who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed. They will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. No longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat. For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm 
nor destroy on all of my holy mountain, says the Lord. Guys, this is why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the life and death of Jesus. He was a hundred percent man and is a hundred percent our Savior. And he saved us all from our sin. God revealed the future of his world and how he defeated Satan and how has won us back. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And we will see you the second Tuesday in 2024. Be safe and God bless.